No matter how many questions you ask in an interview, no matter how great a candidate's references are, and no matter how much you thought you knew the candidate before you hired them, employees will surprise you. Whether it's their inability to get to work on time, excessive absences, poor work quality, or the inability to get along with coworkers, issues will arise from time to time that have you asking, should I let them go or should I keep trying to work with them? Welcome to Life and Leadership with Kim Williams. I'm the CEO of Interfaith Family Services, a nonprofit that provides housing, help, and hope for families facing homelessness. I'm also the principal of Kim Williams Consulting, a change management firm that empowers nonprofits to change for the better. And I'm the author of Diary of an Insecure CEO, How I Went from Feeling Rejected to Raising Millions. I've led through a variety of organizational issues while raising over $50 million to fight poverty and learning a lot in the process. I created this podcast to share those lessons and help you to successfully navigate life and leadership. So let's get started. Hello, fellow leaders. It's great to be back for another episode. As you may know, the theme for this month's episodes is Crucial Questions. I'm exploring key questions that every leader must answer at some time in their tenure. We've talked about to stay or not to stay. For aspiring leaders, we've talked about to lead or not to lead and to expand or not to expand. If you didn't get a chance to listen to those episodes, I encourage you to go back and check them out. So today, we are going to talk about one of the most difficult yet common questions that every leader faces, to fire or not to fire. No matter how many questions you ask in an interview, no matter how great a candidate's references are, and no matter how much you thought you knew the candidate before you hired them, employees will surprise you. Whether it's their inability to get to work on time, excessive absences, poor work quality, or the inability to get along with coworkers, issues will arise that have you asking, should I let them go or keep trying to work with them? Recently, I was talking to a colleague who who was expressing her concerns over an employee who is extremely toxic. The employee always has something negative to say, consistently violates policies, and what's worst, they encourage others to do so. My colleague has spoken with this toxic employee. They have coached this employee, attempted to reason with them, and even written this employee up multiple times. Now the writing is on the wall and my colleague is still having a hard time making the decision that needs to be made. And listen, I get it. In today's work environment, employees appear to have the upper hand when it comes to dictating office policy, company culture, and other areas that affect the workplace. If I had to guess, the number of articles that are written on how to keep employees happy versus how to be a good employee is probably 30 to 1. Today's employees expect a lot from the workplace compared to other generations. 
They expect excellent pay, a comfortable and aesthetically pleasing environment, great benefits, flexible work schedules, stress-free environments, and more. Honestly, most nonprofit CEOs, at least the ones that I know or the ones in my circle, want to provide all of that. We remember what it's like to start out in this field. We remember how it felt to have the weight of your caseload or classroom on your shoulders. We know how it felt to see so much need, yet have so few resources to work with. We know what it's like to wonder if the leadership really understood our plight and the plight of our clients. We remember, and in many ways, we're still living those questions from the other side of the building. And now, in addition to those questions, we've added some concerns as leaders. We've added the concern of making sure there are enough resources to meet our goals. We've added strategic decisions to our daily stressors. We've added employee concerns and complaints to the complaints and concerns of our clients. And one of the top concerns that my fellow leaders um, worry about, the thing that keeps them up at night, is whether or not to fire an employee. So let me walk you through how I make this difficult decision and how I guide my clients to do so. Let's talk about it. I often wonder if female leaders find it more difficult to fire employees than male leaders. I've worked for for more female leaders in my career And most of the organizations that I consult with, while certainly not all, are headed by female leaders. However, I find that certain personalities find it more difficult to let people go versus certain genders. Most of the time, it's emotions and empathy, not evidence and policy, that make leaders hesitant to fire employees. Leaders who are naturally more empathetic than others seem to find it more challenging to terminate toxic employees or poor-performing employees. Not only do they worry about the employees, they question whether or not they've done enough as employers to change the negative behavior. Even more direct and logic-minded leaders like myself find it difficult to determine when enough is enough. To help make this decision, I've developed four key questions that I ask myself when I think it's time to call it quit with difficult employees, and I also share these questions with my clients who are asking the same question. So, let's walk through them now. Question number one, has the employee violated policy or consistently failed to produce? It's important that you're able to tie what you perceive to be their negative behavior to a specific policy violation or a specific instance or instances in which they fail to produce the requested work product. When it comes to issues that seem less tangible, like a poor attitude or toxicity, it's important that you have core values established or something like an anti-gossip policy in place. This way, you can clearly articulate the type of values that you wish your employees to exhibit while working, or you can clearly articulate the way in which you want them to interact with each other or with your clients as they work. You can't let people go just because you or other employees don't like them. 
working with various personalities is actually an opportunity for growth for both you and the employee. But policy and procedure violations, core value violations or misalignments are something altogether different. You can and should address those. Question number two, have the expectations been made clear to the employee and provided in writing? Let me say that again. Have the expectations been made clear to the employee and provided in writing? Each employee should receive an employee handbook and be charged with carefully reviewing it and signing an acknowledgement stating that they've read it and they understand it. Even still, the employee should also go through some type of training that highlights some of those key policies and procedures, that highlights core values and how they look when they're interacting with employees and the clients. These things should be very much a part of you know, what you do when you're onboarding an employee. But even after you do that, it's important that when an employee violates a policy that you send a reminder quoting the policy as well to leave no doubt that they know what's expected. Even when you have a verbal coaching session or a conversation that's less formal, it's important that you follow up with an email summarizing the discussion and the expectations. Then after that, you need to make sure that all subsequent counseling or disciplinary conversations are delivered in writing and, if possible, in the presence of a confidential witness. Again, it is just very clear that you have done what you need to do to make sure that your employees know what's expected of them. The third question is this. Has the employee been given additional tools and coaching? Even after you provide a summary of the problem and the corrective actions, it's important that you offer additional training or coaching. Perhaps you can pair them with a mentor or cover the cost of a coach or specialized training program if you believe the employee will respond favorably to that. Another option, which is also my favorite option, is to ask the employee what they need in order to carry out the corrective action or improve their performance. They may say that they need something completely unexpected, but it's really powerful to make them think about what do you need in order to do this thing that you're struggling with? How can I help you? And then once they own that, once they say, I need this, they're doing two things. They're acknowledging that they understand that the behavior or the performance that they've exhibited in the past does not meet standard and they're creating their own solution. So I think it's really, really powerful to say, yes, here's the problem, and yes, here's the desired result, but what do you need in order to make that a reality? So making sure that they have access to training, coaching, tools, and resources is really key to show that you've gone the extra mile to try to give them an opportunity when doing so is warranted. Now, there are certain violations that result in, as you know, automatic termination, and that that is what it is. But in terms of performance, behavior, personality issues, give, give some opportunities for correction. Sometimes people don't do better because they don't know how. Question number four, are other employees aware of the issues surrounding the employee's performance? This is a really important question because what you tolerate can create a toxic culture and it can lower the expectations 
that other employees have for themselves or reduce the effort that other employees make because they're looking at what other people get away with. When it comes to culture and performance, what you permit is always going to override policy. That's just that's just what it is. You can state a hundred different ways that you want people to get to work on time, but if you let a handful of people come in when they want, soon everybody will be doing it because you permit it, regardless of what the policy says. So keep that in mind. What you permit is always going to set the tone more than any policy that you, you know, write. It's really, really important that we as leaders address what's going on publicly. You know, that's even in the Bible. I think it was Paul who said, you know, because you did it publicly, I got to address it publicly. He knew that if if you're violating a policy, a rule, a law in front of an audience, then he has to address it in front of the audience just so everyone doesn't think that what they saw another person do, another leader do, is permissible. So that's, it's really, really important. There's some things that can be addressed in private when people have little knowledge of it, but some of that behavior that everyone sees, you've got to act on it in order to let people know that there are consequences to certain actions. So as I wrap up, I'm going to ask you if your answer is yes to those questions. So let's review. Has the employee violated policy or consistently failed to produce? Have the expectations been made in writing? Has the employee been offered additional tools and coaching? And really those three questions are ground for termination. And question number four, are other employees aware of the performance issues? And I want to just remind you of this. These three questions, the top three and the fourth, are really all that you can do professionally to help someone improve. So you have few other tools at your disposal. Once you have evaluated the employee to determine whether or not they're violating policy or, and not producing, and then you've addressed it, that's step one. Then when you've addressed it again in writing and provided corrective action, that's step two. When you've offered tools and coaching, which you don't have to offer, by the way, but that you should offer, that's step three. If they've told you, hey, I need this in order to do that and you've provided it, that's all you can do. So professionally, that's it. I've told you. I've made it clear. It's in writing. I've told you what I need versus what I don't need. I've offered you coaching, training, tools, resources to improve. You're still consistently failing to follow policy. You're still consistently failing to operate up to standards. That's pretty much all I have to work with. So when those things are the case, you have to address it. Because here's the thing. When it comes to negative behavior or poor performance, you either tolerate it or you terminate. Those are really your only two options. By your inaction, you're tolerating it regardless of what comes out of your mouth. If you don't do anything about it, you're tolerating it. And then the other, the only other action is to terminate. If the behavior doesn't change and you do nothing, you've told the entire organization and everybody that works with you that this behavior is permitted, at least by this person. 
Or if you terminate, you're sending a clear message that that behavior is not permitted by anyone in the organization. So that's it. What you permit becomes policy. You're either tolerating or terminating when it comes to violations. There's really no in-between. So if the answers to these questions is yes, my question to you would be why not fire them? Why are you hesitant? What do you think will happen? Are you concerned about the relationships that they have with donors or the board? And if so, I understand it. I get it. But it's important that you get ahead of it. Talk to those key stakeholders. Share what happens. Let them know that, you know, you really like such and such too. You had high hopes that they would be an asset to the organization. However, you've had challenges related to their performance, excessive absences, um, they've been late 15 times. They failed to do X, Y, and Z, which puts us at risk for A, B, and C. And you've offered training, coaching, whatever, and they just haven't responded and it's starting to negatively impact their coworkers. So you've had to make the difficult decision to terminate the employee or to end the professional relationship. Usually, when you share the background with key stakeholders, particularly board members who who have the right to be privy to that information, they understand. A lot of times they're shocked because what they saw on the outside maybe wasn't what was really going on, but they do understand your decision, particularly when you have documentation, et cetera. And so even if that employee comes to them afterwards, after you've let them go, they have context for that employee's complaints. And that goes a really, really long way with making sure that that complaint isn't taken out of context or doesn't create unnecessary problems for you as the leader. So I would just say get ahead of it. Before the employee knows that you're getting ready to let them go, have a conversation with key stakeholders, a professional conversation, nothing that personally impacts their personal reputation, but just talks about how their performance has affected the organization. And then then from there, you can let them go, making sure that those who need to know, know, and they know why. And that's all very much within your right as an employer, talking particularly to board members. Um, and then if, if donors have questions, you have advocates on the board who understand your decision and can vouch for it. So that's what I would suggest if those are your concerns, particularly as a nonprofit leader, because believe me, um, employee complaints to the board are a real thing, um, particularly for all leaders, really, but particularly if you are a female leader or a leader of color, it's a really real thing. All right, so before we wrap up, I want to do what I always love to do, and that is end with a word of encouragement. Listen, I know it's difficult to let employees go, even the ones that are clearly problematic. However, leaders have to make the difficult decisions for the good of their organizations as a whole. I've told my team that my desire is to create a positive work environment that meets their needs and aligns with their goals. However, when their needs, desires, or actions are no longer in the best interest of the organization, 
I'll always choose the organization. That is the role of a leader. Most people will act in their own interest. It's a natural survival instinct. It's basic human nature. However, what makes leaders exceptional is that leaders, good leaders, moral leaders, courageous leaders, will act in the best interest of those they serve as opposed to their own interest. In short, we do what's necessary, even when it means doing something that's unpopular and hard. That's what we signed up for. That's leadership. If we plan on making a real and lasting impact, we must do what's difficult to achieve what is great. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for everyone who listens to this podcast. I thank you for their courage to say yes to the call of leadership. I pray that you will give them the grace to do the hard things if that's what you call them to do. I pray that you would give them the wisdom to execute strategies that optimize the chances that their employees have to become the best possible employees. But I also pray that you would give them the strategy to address those employees that don't respond to those opportunities. I pray that you would give them boards and um, bosses that support them. I pray for divine favor with their boards of directors. And I pray for just your ability to grant them peace in these challenging situations. So I thank you that we have a God that we can come to, that we can cast our cares on, who cares for us. I thank you for your fellowship, and I thank you for the fellowship of leaders who understand their plights. And I thank you for giving me the opportunity to be one. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's tips can be found on my website, kimwconsulting.com. Just click the resource tab in the menu. You can also find information about my consulting services and upcoming events and subscribe to my monthly life and leadership newsletter. If you have any questions that you want me to answer on my podcast, message me on Instagram at leadwithkim. If you found this podcast helpful, please share, rate, and subscribe. Thank you for listening. And remember, change is inevitable, but changing for the better isn't. Change wisely. Thank you.